Are you ready? Welcome to Radio Grognar, King Size, the OSR podcast with more stuff. With your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognar here. Hope you're all doing well. It's a nice day. Okay, we're going to talk about the other guys that go with you, the henchmen, hirelings, etc. And we'll talk about that after this. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Okay, uh, this is kind of a... My another another of my take on a YouTube video, namely Daniel Norton's Bandits Keep podcast. Give him a little extra plug there, and he did a show on henchmen and hirelings and how he handles it. And he references BX D and D on that, which is kind of a good thing because you know people play old school essentials, which is the same thing right now. So I just sort of thought I'd do my take on it now. Back in the early days of D&D and AD&D, well, that was my, that was my jam, my ballywick, my, my wheelhouse. And I, as you know, I started with AD&D First Edition. And they had their own rules about hirelings, henchmen, how you do that. Really good chapters, too. But as Daniel says, simpler is better. And if you notice the, these old these older modules say it's, they'll give you a level range, okay? First to third, three to five. But it'd say X amount of characters this level. And sometimes you look at it and go, eight, eight, 12 characters of that level? Well, that's because they're assuming you're going to have hirelings or henchmen. Now, you can take into consideration there, they're not going to be as high a level as the player characters, or maybe maybe they'll be like at the par. But they're, that's how you fill out a That's how you used to fill out a party. And even I forgot about that when I started GMing again. I've, you know, I totally forgot about getting henchmen and hirelings. And there's a lot of people, because a lot of times when people play, they it's like, no, I don't want to split up our, our loot. No, we'll go down there ourselves. All right, you're going to get yourself killed. Okay, fine. But, you know, you, they, they assume you're going to do that. Also, a lot of those modules were tournament modules and conventions. So, yeah. So, you know, you look at the old, the old TSR ADD modules and a lot of the Judges Guild modules. In fact, a lot of Judges Guild modules don't even give you a level range. They assume you're going to have X amount of players or X amount of characters, rather. And they, you just go with that. So you got to figure it out even more. Oh, boy. All right, let's say that the players wise up and say, well, we need to fill a few holes here. Or we need some extra manpower. Let's see what we can find for to hire. And so first thing you're going to try to figure out is how many. Okay, say you have a party of four. Um, and you need maybe some extra muscle fighters. Okay, 
they and you go into a tavern looking for people or wherever you go, maybe a fighter's hall or a mage's sanctum or something like that. How many can you get? Well, according to the old rules, and I'm going to go back to the first edition, if my memory serves, uh, as many as your charisma. Or no, actually, there is it, the higher charisma, the more you can hire. And it isn't, I think it was used to be a one-on-one charisma per, but in AD&D, the charisma showed you how many you can actually hire, like three or four for a charisma of 10 or something, more like one to two for 10 or whatever. And a lot of these guys are going to be, if you think about them as, you know, the higher, the higher priced ones are going to be more like your staff, you know, your wingman, your right-hand man. This is the guy you're going to say, okay, go up there, or rather, okay, watch the horses, okay, you know, tell this guy that, that kind of thing. So it's, you know, it's that kind of thing. And they just happen to fight. And they may fight. Some of them don't fight. A lot of them don't fight. So you got to take that into consideration. I, the modern equivalent to me for the, like the, the, the retainers, the higher level guys are like, if you have a law, if you have a company, a company or a person who has a lawyer and retainer, just because they feel they need a lawyer and retainer for things. And they pay them a monthly fee and they take care of the legal things for the company or the person. So it's the same thing. You know, you got a major domo or something. And this is like higher level characters too, mostly. But, you know, if they're rich, hey, you know. So you're going to get that. Okay, what about the price? Now, I sh- I looked in the, in the video and it shows BX how they do it. Uh, first edition does it a, a, uh, the similar way, but to me, the price is whatever the market will bear. Versus uh, compounded with how much the player characters are willing to pay. Now they may not pay as much as other people, other adventurers, or something like that, which is okay. That opens it to negotiation, to deals. Which leads into my second choice, my second, my next topic. Um, and do they get the cut of the spoils, treasury, things like that? That's part of the deal that you can make with them. You can say, okay, I only have this much, but we're going to this dungeon that's supposed to be really, really got a. It's got quite a lot of danger, but it's also got a lot of treasure. Would you like a cut? Okay, some some mercenaries are not mercenary, but well, hireling mercenaries. Some of them already demand they demand a cut. They, it's like okay, I'll take so much a day plus a cut. So you got to figure out. Say you have four players, so you, so you divide the treasure four ways, but you have to divide for the for the retainers too. And you say you have three retainers or three henchmen, so that cuts down the shares. But you don't have to pay them as much as you pay everybody else. But that may affect their loyalty, may affect uh, future, you know, future hires of other people if it gets around. But then again, you know, they also may know their place. You know, okay, I didn't fight, so I only get X, X, so much. Okay? Now, experience. Now, to me, they would get half experience. And, and in, MB, in MBX, he says, they got 
half the experience of the player character. They get half the experience, to me, they get the half the experience of the player character who hired them. So it's not a party thing. So he'd have to, you know, you'd have to say, okay, I only got X amount of experience, but this guy gets half of that. You know, that's the way I do it anyway. Also, um, how to get them. I just named a couple of places, taverns and guild halls, things like that. You can probably figure out another way, uh, marketplaces, maybe on market day or something, you can find some guys, maybe there's a, a mercenary troop or a, you know, association around, you can do it that way. You know, GMs, use your imagination. Players, use your imagination. There you go. Now, personality. You don't really give them all that much of a personality, but if you like to role play it, what I do, there's tons of charts, tons of charts online in books. First edition, a Dungeon Master's Guide even has one. And I'm sure Pathfinder and other games have them of personality types, personality traits. And usually, you know, people like to, sometimes they, they roll on there to do NPCs or maybe a character, maybe a player character. Oh, let me roll and see what I can get. But that comes in real handy for them hirelings because there's the misconceptions. You shouldn't give them a lot of personality because they're still grunts. They're still red shirts. And it's just one more thing for the GM to, to balance. But what I like to do is either pick a personality out of the top of my head or roll on that one of those charts or just pick one off one of those charts. Say you have uh, a thief and a fighter you hire. <laughs> that from the Great Mouser. And you roll for the thief. Okay, he's sarcastic. Great. Play it up. Go for it. That's all I'll give him, okay? Fighter, okay? Doesn't know his own strength. Perfect. I'll play it up. No problem. So I I would do it that way. That's, that's how I would do it. And then we come to the specialists. You know, the guys that are like, I mean, thieves basically are specialists. Um, and, you know, any class is specialist, but you're talking about like the real nitty gritty, like the sages and the engineers and the guy, the, the, the guys who clean up the horse manure and, and other things. They have a speciality, a gem cutter, something like this. Now, there, if you got to take them along in the dungeon, there's something wrong because they won't fight and they don't want to be in danger. In fact, they'll charge more. So those are the kind of guys you hire between adventures or getting ready to go somewhere. You can hire a sage to find out about this area or a magic user to get some kind of, some kind of protection or something. I mean, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. But that's what they're there for. Mercenaries are also, they are a special category of hireling. They are specialists because if they belong to like a mercenaries guild or a mercenary company, they're going to have set prices most of the time. You know, our, our guys are really good, so we get paid so much a month or so much a day and a cut of the treasure, and you got to provide this and the other thing. Okay, that's, that's just part of the game. That's just part of, you know, dealing with being an adventurer. 
So there are some things you can think about on my end about hirelings, henchmen, and retainers. And uh, thank you again, Daniel, for that for that um, for that YouTube video. All right, I gotta go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognard@gmail.com or drop a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized, so as little as ninety nine cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. Other single donations go to my coffee page, ko-fi.com/oldmangrognard or my PayPal tip jar, paypal.me/oldmangrognard. Let me thank these people who do give to me monthly. Juan Carlos Llewellyn, Gilbert Soros, and Benjamin Brodell. Thank you so much, guys. For other good podcasts, there's Dan Gregg's The Young, Y-U-N-G, Young Grognard Podcast, Kevin at the Red Caps Podcast, again, Daniel Norton's Bandits Keep Podcast, and YouTube channel. We also have Randy and Joe's Biggest Geekest Podcast, Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tenkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see, until I see you folks again, Keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. You got questions? You got comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. Tune in next time when Radio Grognard King Size is on the air.